out the back. That's danger against any team. Look at this man on the left, Lukey Bruce. Wow. That's what he can do. Top shelf, Bruce to 498. A lot of players ahead of the footy. The leads come. The big boys want it deep. He sees something in the pocket. It's a perfectly weighted right kick. Moore does play on here. The big finish. All of a sudden, under the roof. It's a two point affair. More to a dangerous yeah. spot. Beautiful hit up, Kaczynski. Dead shot. 40 out, not much angle. It's going through. That's a goal. What the bloody hell's going on? Hawks hit the front. Reeves, Warple wobbles it forward. And if it goes through, the game is over. It does. Hawthorne oh. have won this game of footy. Look at it. Siren. The Hawks in a big upset. They kick the last five to come from the clouds. Yes, indeed. The Hawks booted five straight goals in a sensational comeback win over the Saints that saw James Sicily produce one of the great individual games you'll ever see. We're riding the wave of back-to-back wins and we're delighted to be here for another Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and Tiz, let's first give a shout out to the Hawk that put us back in front with a minute 30 seconds to play, a clutch goal from Jacob Kaczynski. Incredible. Never looked like missing, Nick. I was on it all the way. Actually, I tweeted, these blokes overlooked you, Hawthorne took you, you know, Mm -hmm. let's boot this. And it wasn't just a celebration after he kicked that. Throughout the day, he'd been growing in confidence. Mm. But then his reaction when Luke Bruce, a minute later... Catches it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like and unexpectedly catches it for everybody in the stadium because it's a you can't see mm-hmm. Bruce take it, and then Cosy turns around and he's like a little kid that it's been caught. It's amazing. It's wonderful, mate. That was me in standing room. <laughs> <laughs> I carried on a bit. I'll tell you that much. Brilliant. And uh, geez, there was some writing on the wall early in that fourth quarter. We were just running and spreading. Much better than the Saints, but I didn't expect them to nah, kick as on. well as they did going into the last. <laughs> That's what was required. We'd been hanging out for that kind of accuracy all game. Oh, mate, I was tearing my hair out. Like, even even after those goals are kicked, we still have an accuracy of 35% oh, at gross. the end of the day. Yeah. That is, that is horrendous. 34 shots to 24. Mate, it's something I'm so pleased for Cozzy, and may this be the confidence boost that he, he's long been searching for. Yeah, well, he, he never did anything in the VFL to suggest that he'd come back to the lineup. Nope. Then he got the opportunity, mm-hmm. and, and he's taken it this week. Yep, that's right. We've been hanging out for it. I mean, look, he had two behinds. One yep. of those was a really tough kick, yep. to be fair, uh, but he came up clutch exactly when it mattered most. And, mate, we really were in the driver's seat. The whole day, when you think about it. I mean, game stats here. 10 more inside 50s in St Kilda for 10 more scoring shots. Dominated them on the inside and outside. Now, get this. Uncontested possessions, plus 76 and plus 13 for bounces. We played our game. That's what that says to me. It was was very kamikaze, wasn't it? (laughs) What needed to be at the end as well. Some very (laughs) brave moves taken. They all paid off. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, We This is the first time... We've stared down being out of the contest. We've stared down back. defeat. Yeah. yeah. And just and just taken risks and backed ourselves and willed ourselves to win. The the midfield was sensational and then Sicily 
in a role where Blank lets him be the best Sicily mm. that we know he can be. Well, we had a bit of feedback last week from at least one of our listeners who said, you didn't talk about Blank at all. And fair enough, we didn't. But I think we have to this week. Yeah. He was integral to, to letting James Sicily get off the leash. This is a day that belonged to our captain, really. I mean, 43 touches at 91% is insane. Included in that, 17 contested possessions, 22 intercept possessions, 16 marks, 11 score involvements. One of the all-time great performances I reckon I've seen from any Hawthorne player. That is a game-winning performance that is not about kicking goals. Yeah, yeah, no. He's got to beat his opponent. He's got to make use of it. He's the captain as well. There's a lot of pressure on him. They're trying to do everything they can to sway him from the game. Mm-hmm. James, let's face it, James Sisley was the difference. I mean, I know that uh, Ross Lyon's a good coach, but Sammy had it all over him. Yeah, yeah. Now Ross didn't really have an answer. I mean, Ross conceded in the post-match presser that we should have won by about four or five more goals than we did. It's good of him. Well, it is. It's fairly decent. <laughs> and you know what? He's right. He is right. <laughs> Who else did you like from this now, game? When you looked at it, though, the, just the sheer ball movement of Hawthorne versus St Kilda, that was yeah. the difference. Yeah. Well, we looked like a much more appealing team. We looked more exciting, uh, irrepressible. It was just our accuracy, really. Confidence. Yeah. Not confidence in front of goal, but confidence upfield. <laughs> well, Just incredible. It was just finishing. It was just the execution right at the end. But yes, confidence was the key word. And, you know, we wondered... Did the, did the team capture something through that win over the Eagles? You'd have to say that they did. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of also rounds who played very good games. But one thing I noticed about James Warple's game, mm. and he had 24 touches and he didn't take much distance. And I was thinking, oh, he's not really taking the distance that he should. Mm-hmm. But what he was doing was in a ratio of, of kicks to handballs, he was just handballing. Yeah making sure it got to the outside and we had space to move the ball. Well, Warple's one of those guys that I really thought flew under the radar. As you say, 24 touches, half of those contested possessions, but a team-high 12 score involvements, Yeah, which I thought was great. And he led the way with pressure acts as well, finishing with 24. Uh, Dylan Moore. Need to talk about Dylan Moore because that's his best game for the season. Yeah, so Dylan Moore, you're still wondering last week, where's this guy at? Yep. And then he comes out. And he takes 31 touches, 16 in the first half, and uh, it's just he just dominates that last quarter with 10. I love the fact that he didn't drop his head. You know, he finished with one goal three. I mean, he, he had a couple of easy ones that yeah, he missed. he did, yeah. But that one goal was an absolute ripper right when we needed it the most. I and tell two- you what, the one that really hurt was the one Nash missed. No, because that would hurt you, mate. <laughs> I was like, nah, mate, I could have kicked that. What are you doing? <laughs> You're not the only one who said that, actually. I saw that online from other people, too. Uh, but, but Dylan Moore, two goal assists as well. It was just a really industrious performance. And we had a question here from Aaron. Aaron says, we know Dylan Moore loves a goal, but what was he thinking not handballing to his trusty sidekick, Bruce? Could have easily been another Bruce goal and would have set up the game for a grand finale of goal 500. Yeah. That would have taken the roof off Marvel Stadium <laughs> if that if goal number 500 sealed the game. What did they get, 37,000? Oh, right? did they? I don't know. It I seemed can... like a decent crowd. Yeah, look... Just the whole midfield. Look, Newcomb had 31, Nash had 27, Day had 30. I thought Day was a little bit wayward, but he was trying to be very creative off that leaving the front of the pack role, wasn't he? Mm. Uh, Look, if this is 
the model going forward, we're going to be hugely entertained. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yep. As long as they can start kicking goals. Because if you start putting, you know, scoreboard pressure as well as this. And the other one was um, Butler. When mm. Butler went into the open goal, I thought he'd missed. Yeah. I had my head in my hands. <laughs> the cheer squad went up and I was like, oh, thank goodness he put it through. <laughs> oh. Well, you I mean conditioned at that point to think that we'd missed. Yeah. I mean, that's start, all that was happening. Start jumping at shadows. Uh, Ned Reeves was the dominant ruck on the day. 29 hitouts to Marshall's 17. Reeves also had seven more hitouts to advantage. And I think, like Warple, was a bit of an unsung hero. Well, our ruck duo dominated Marshall. Mm. That was really good to see. Because Marshall's done a number on us a few times. That's true. Yeah, I worried about that. Um, we need to talk about my boy, Mitch. Do we? Is, uh, well, we do. Just a little bit. I know your boy, Nash, did very well once again. Yeah, oh, it's been super consistent and... Uh... People what? are coming at me for not talking about Nash enough. But, um, <laughs> are they? Yeah, they're like, where's Connor Corner? No, I'm not going to edit it in. It'd be gratuitous <laughs> no, at this I, point. No, I don't want to hear that again. <laughs> but well, it, it's just becoming super consistent. And yeah, well, it means he's in the frame for the PCM, as we said last week. The physicality isn't going out of his game. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, my boy Mitch, what did he finish with? Three goals, two, I think? Mitch Lewis... Where is he? Is he down the bottom here, is he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Three goals, two, and seven score involvements. Time on ground, 91%. Mm. Um, yeah, look, he's just getting back into the swing of things, really, and he is being brilliant. Yeah. He's providing an option forward and... A genuine presence, a threat that the opposition have to worry about. And even though I was shocked that we only had two tackles inside forward 50. Mm, that's right, both from uh, Luke Proust. I felt that pressure in the forward line was very good. I, I thought pressure overall for the whole day I thought was was pretty good. But before I get back to Mitch and Bruce, uh, defensively, I thought we were very, very strong. There were certain parts of the game where you looked at St Kilda trying to transition out of their back line and looking at how nervy and apprehensive they were. Yeah, we denied them options. Yeah, you could just tell that Hawthorne had successfully stifled them up the field and St Kilda just didn't really know what to do with that. So this was one of those games where I felt that uh, Sammy got it right at the beginning of the game. We didn't get blown out of the water by the structures. Mm -hmm. And then I was waiting for Ross to just change a couple of things, get it moving in their direction and and Mm. grind us into the ground for the game and, yeah. and just win by a bit, yep. you know. I've seen them do it in previous weeks. And then I thought, it's really going to take Sammy to talk to this group and tell them to just throw caution to the wind mm-hmm. and just attack mm-hmm. because we've had those that many opportunities Yeah, that guys are getting gun-shy in front of goal. Oh, that and, was so infuriating. You know, and, and they just want to make sure they kick it and they're yeah. taking an extra step and it's putting more pressure on all this kind of stuff. It's very, they're very, getting out of the natural rhythms. It's over overly unselfish. And then for them to just keep their head down mm. and back the game plan. Yep. Stick to the task. And kick the last, is it five or four? Yeah, it was five. I, yeah. Five straight to win the game. Amazing. Yeah. Well, well, and I mean, to do it against the killer, we've had our number for years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's enormously satisfying. Uh, responsible for a Mind large you, they portion. They could have paid that bloody hole in the ball free against Brad Hill. Mind I you. don't remember the one you're talking about, actually. Oh, God. What do you think of the umpiring? I didn't didn't note it down in our rundown, but did you think it was reasonable? Oh, they only got a hundred meter penalty for nothing. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, King put a little bit of mayo on and that. And now Sisley's out. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's worth a week, though, right? Right. Well, you 
<laughs> I'm sensing you disagree. <laughs> Look, perhaps to the letter of the law and being in the wrong colours, that is worth a week. Yeah, I, I think modern day footy, but that's worth a week. But the bloke went down like he'd been shot. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Does, is this, in, in this case, does the medical report have anything to do with it? Because the guy played on was Well, the, the guy problem. got straight back up. Yeah. So, uh, but it's the optics of it. Wasn't I, even a free kick. No, 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 no. It doesn't, none of that stuff it's matters the optics. anymore. I hate the optics. Oh, no, me too. Me yeah. too. I'm right there with you. But I'm saying that it's my belief, based on everything else that's been adjudicated up till now, Yeah. I think it is worth a week, And I believe Bruce has been suspended as well, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see his 500th in Melbourne. Well, not just that. I want to see his 500th. With Gunston congratulating him afterwards against the Western yeah, Lions. Bad. Yeah, I like that too. So what do you reckon? Manage this week? Look, if we still beat Port without Bruce, that's fine. Well, I wouldn't complain, mate. You're <laughs> <laughs> not going to catch me objecting. Uh, Bruce and Mitch Lewis ended up with uh, six goals, four between them. So basically half our score, which was uh, well, a great effort. As you said, uh, Bruce had two tackles inside forward 50, four marks inside 50 each from those two. So I think a big tick there. Another guy I wanted to highlight, Jarman Impey, 26 touches at 80.8% disposal efficiency, kicked a really important goal uh, from long range. Completely elite, yep. Impey now. He's very quietly one of our best. Oh, I think everyone else in the league knows that Impey's one of our best. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. The opposition would love to stop Impey each week. But let's just talk about Sicily coming out of the side for a moment. So Scrimshaw didn't do much wrong. Yeah, that's right. Now we'll get to Box Hill momentarily, but yeah. DGB, yeah. Sort of just drifting along. Wasn't a very difficult game. I didn't no. think Box Hill played extraordinarily well. No. I thought Ethan Stanley and Marrick were definitely putting their uh, CVs front and centre. How'd you like the rundown tackle from Marrick? Yeah. yeah. I didn't, took, took me a second to work out who I that was. I didn't think that was him. No. For a long time. That's right. Yeah. But when the he desperation... Was... When he, he turned around for the shot on goal, I was like, bloody hell, that's the guy that we want. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Whether he gets there is another question. So we've got but... third choice because we're sitting mm-hmm. third. We're going to get to all that. Your point is Sicily's out and, yeah. and you're wondering what exactly we do with that. Well, you have two choices, really. Mm. You have Scrimshaw or DGB. Yep. Which one are you taking? Oh, Scrimshaw. No question. Even after how... Direct and honest Sammy was in the media last week. Here's your chance. Here's your chance, Jack. But it's not his chance because that position, which we expect would just be floating free defender, Mm -hmm. will be immediately usurped by James next week. You don't know. You don't know. No. Okay. Blank, go back to the second. Let me clarify. It doesn't mean that Jack loses his spot. It means that things get shuffled around. Where's CJ, by the way? Because I well, CJ's out for another week. Yeah, all right. So he's not in the frame on this occasion. But what I mean is, yeah, Scrimshaw uh, won't necessarily lose his spot to Sicily. It mm-hmm. might just be shuffled around to accommodate both. We don't know yet. Uh, there might be another position as well here. I mean, Seamus Mitchell injured in the in the last quarter. They're That's saying true. Some sort of knee injury, but he, uh. unfortunately, this this comes as, as he was doing very well. 20 possessions at 85% disposal efficiency. Uh, he'll be a loss. Uh, I mean, what what's that? His sixth, seventh game or something? And now we're looking at him as very critical, and it's going to be sad to see him out of the lineup. Uh, so he's another one to replace as well. That could uh, invite uh, another So you bring them both in? 
Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps you bring both in. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Weddle as well. 19 touches at 94%. Look, if you're going to shout out Weddle, how about Bramble? Yeah, okay. Come on, he's just attacking all the time. He's, he's much better. He's holding his spot, isn't he? He is. He is. Contested six, uncontested 16. You know, and decent pressure points. I thought in a game that called for daring, he was wonderful. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've always had Bramble slotted in as a, as a fringe player, but I'm not sure if anyone's taking a spot at the moment from Box Hill. I mean, who who would we be looking at? McGuinness or Morrison? Or I don't think either of them pinch that spot. No, no, Morrison, uh, he looks good in the twos, but... But you don't make that switch, is what I mean. No. All right, anything else to say about the Saints game before we move on to uh, to Box Hill? I, I just thought it was a magnificent day out of the footy. I was confused as to whether I'd just seen a good game or an average game. I went and I thought to myself, uh, statistically winning by over 100, what are the li- what's the likelihood <laughs> of you losing the following week? Yeah. And it's not very likely, to be honest. Mm. But I was still wasn't confident. No. But then... We kept missing, mm. and I thought... <sighs> it really did feel like the script was being written. That they were went, there for the taking, and yeah. we couldn't... Yeah. yeah. I, I thought we'd have a lot of regret by the final siren about, well, you know, clearly we had our chances, and this is on us. But as it happens, that's what the Saints fans left with because of Higgins. Yeah. <laughs> which was absolutely awful. Yeah. I mean, do you think this is the breakthrough psychologically. Oh, look, it could be. Um, when we look back, we look at when Hodgie arrived and Sam was in the team and then they finally beat, well, a, a very, very good Brisbane side at the G. Mm-hmm. That was the psychological change. Yeah. Where they realised that Clago could coach them to a premiership. Yeah. And, and we've got something here. We've got something to build. Mm-hmm. Is this, are we looking at that moment now? Because doing against West Coast, it's fine. Even the players know. Oh, of course. They'd be very aware of what they're up against with West Coast. And then to do it against the Saints, yep. who were very well coached, mm-hmm. they played poorly on the day, mm-hmm. but yeah, now I'm, we've got Port. Justifiably some wind in the sails. I think the timing is a little bit off because we have Port and then we have Brisbane. It's Port. <laughs> well, We match up well against Port. We beat them last year. We did. They're not that great. Well, They've Port- got some very good players. I mean, if you put someone on butters... <laughs> hmm. Apparently, Goodwin. He puts on a butters. He doesn't completely destroy your club. Well, Port Adelaide, as far as I'm concerned, are due, right? Because I mean, what how, an Adelaide loss. Well, how, how many have they won in a row, Is Port Adelaide? Eight. I think it's eight. Yeah, their time's coming. We're gonna beat them over there. I didn't say that at the Adelaide Oval. I might have been thinking it very loudly. <laughs> No, I'm just saying that, that that's got to come up eventually. And who knows? This Hawthorne side, this young upstart team could sneak up on them. I look forward to seeing us match it against another really quality opponent. Oh, it's and, some terrific matchups. Look at the midfields. Yeah, exactly right. That is going to be unmissable as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, we'll see. We've proven so we're ourselves... starting to get a bit of the excitement back, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, It's l- no longer... Bit. We had two wins. It's no longer. It's no longer. Let's see some improvement. But now they're starting to gel as a team, and yeah. they're getting the ball movement and some of the scoring, scoring uh, chains. Well, you know what changed for me in terms of the um, the psychology as a fan. Mm. I feel like 
the win against West Coast really extricated me from that that space of even thinking about Harley Reid. Yeah. Because now it's gone. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I just get to enjoy it. Right. I think that's been a big difference. And yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what we can do against another contender. Who knows? I love Who how knows? you called out Purple today. I, I do like making this podcast a, a purple-free zone. <laughs> but I got in trouble last week for bringing him up. Well, it was more my frustration. It wasn't about you, mate. It was on me. But I, I mean, he essentially fell into line. They agreed that trading Mitchell and O'Meara was the right thing to do. Yeah. Now, his position is that Hawthorne committed to a form of Did tanking. you see the glee on Matt Edwards when oh, you yeah. said that? <laughs> well, she just was poking and prodding him yeah. and just deliberately trolling him and riling him up. And that he's looking, looking for um, Lloydie to just provide some solace and he gave yeah, him nothing. Yeah, where's my, where's my footy classified colleague to back me up? And Lloydie's <laughs> like, I'm not doing that, mate. I'm not saying that Hawthorne's committed tanking. Well, Damo's line is a form of tanking. And what he means by that is uh, it was... Weasel words. If you don't want, not know what he means, then it's bullshit. Just leave it alone. <laughs> it, he means in terms of list management. So it's not so much the team going out there to lose. It's his argument is that from a list management perspective, Hawthorne set itself up to fail, and is now failing at that sort of, sort of failing remind, at failing, failing at failing. It reminds me of the producers a bit, where they accidentally have a hit play or a hit musical. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous, and he won't let it go. But yeah. I think I think as of today, through accessible areas, people are finally starting to go, yeah, all right, mate. And we just move on. We don't have to talk about it anymore. He's clearly full of it. The fact that he can't backtrack is very, very interesting. <laughs> well, are you saying he uh, dishes it out but can't take it? No, I just, you know, you're going to get it wrong, Damo. More often than not, I would have thought. Judge, yeah, it's, judging it's... by your history. <laughs> now, um, on to Box Hill, out at Windy Hill, and we've absolutely creamed him. Tom Phillips didn't kick the wrong way, but he looked like he was playing for us at times. Uh, he's now at Essendon. And uh, <laughs> no, Ed had the had the better of it. And look, uh, Ned Long, Jack Scrimshaw, McGuinness, all put their hands up to return to the side. Yeah, so I mean, this is the game that Box Hill simply had to bank the win and just move on. Uh, they did so with a massive forty-seven point thumping of the uh, the Bombers on their home deck, which was really pleasing. Won every quarter, never seriously threatened that whole time. Started out really scrappy for both sides, and I think I put that down to the conditions. But it was indecision making as well. It was a very ugly game to begin with before Box Hill eventually flexed some dominance and booted clear. Plus 98 in disposals, including 36 more contested possessions, plus 25 in the inside 50s, plus 21 in clearances, plus 16 in tackles. So put that all together, we probably should have won by more. But the story of the date is yeah, was Ned Long. Definitely should have won by more. Definitely should have. What did you think of Ned Long? Because, I mean, he was clearly by far and away best on ground. He is champing at the bit to get back in the senior side. 34 touches, 11 clearances, 9 tackles, 3 goals, including the last goal of the game, mm-hmm. ran out the game. I mean, what do you say? It was everywhere. Find a spot for him. Yeah, they got it. They got it. It was a ball that dominated at the coalface. That's his best performance to date. Is he coming for your boy, Connor Nash? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the look on your face. Brilliant. <laughs> no, but I agree. You know, Clearly, he's not going to usurp Connor, but they've got to find a place for him. You reward that kind of performance. Oh, it's a bit interesting because Ward's still out of the lineup mm-hmm. and Long is definitely yeah. edging him out at the moment. Mm-hmm. That is a terribly good performance. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw, 27 touches, six marks. 
Uh, two inside 50s, three rebound 50s, four tackles. Did you see the commitment that Sammy's looking for? Well, it's so hard to say because now we're referring to there's very specific internal measures. I still think Scrimshaw is great. I would have him back in the side. Talent anyway. wise, yeah. fantastic. Yes, but that's. The, but the, Sammy's basically said he's been living on his laurels, go and pick seven for too long. That's right. The request is a, an increase in, in attitude and, and spirit, I guess, about how he goes about it. Right. Well, that's what it is. It's an intangible lad. Well, that, that's what I mean. It's hard for us to see. Yeah. So, but, but we're talking about obviously, you know, Mitchell works closely with each of these players and, and knows them far more intimately than we do watching on the sidelines. So, uh, I mean, Jack for me gets back into the side. He didn't look troubled. No. Uh, Finn McGuinness on the inside, on the outside. It was a very industrious day for Finn out the hangar. 33 touches, three inside 50s, three rebound 50s, and five marks. I'd say that's probably his most productive game for a while. Definitely the most he's got his hands on the footy, but mm-hmm. I thought his. Um Distribution lacked. Mm-hmm. Um, Callum Brown was everywhere. Thirty-six touches. He's only twenty-five. Do you reckon he goes in the mid-season? Yeah, uh, he he won't end up at Hawthorne, but I think it'd be a crying shame if he if he didn't get picked up. I don't know which club, but the fact is, he's been one of the best in the VFL um, consistently. So he's just been amazing. He's playing like he has a point to prove. There's another bloke who had his best game. Mm-hmm. And that's Stevens. He did some really nice stuff. Really nice goal. Yeah, I think that was in the first term. So he's he's finally starting to look like he belongs mm-hmm. and uh, getting some synergy with his teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we saw the blokes sort of pro- that are definitely going to get a contract in the mid-season draft. Marriage kicked two, and Stanley kicked two himself with sixteen touches. Mm-hmm. Do you think Stanley's a chance to go to us? I believe West Coast take Marrick. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Marrick is pretty much a lock for pick one. Um, you know, part of me hopes that they pick uh, Buller because mm. he's a Claremont product. So yeah. do they go the local boy? He's also a forward. Well, I would remind them about that bloke they moved heaven and earth to bring back from Geelong. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes. Well, they recently copped uh, yeah. that being a mistake. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> you had him there under your nose for two, three years and you didn't pick him up. Yeah. No, do that again. <laughs> so you reckon that might be a Repeat bit gun Repeat the mistake, please, West Okay, Coast. well, fingers crossed. But then, of course, uh, North is next after that. They'll, they'll have picked two. Well, if they open up a list spot, apparently they haven't, which is interesting. They've got a guy with a season-ending shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't they just open up the spot as if they're not going to? Well, because the boss isn't at home. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That's right. Uh, anyway, You're not um, taking calls. <laughs> so I, I believe uh, Stanley is probably a really good chance. That's exciting. Yeah, winger, flanker. The other bloke who I enjoyed watching and was also very good at the beginning of the game was Bennett's. Mm, well, he kicked he, first goal of the, of, of the day. Yeah, yeah well, he's, but he's putting together a lovely little you know package of highlights. Mm. He's Kind of inconsistent a bit, but he's got some great skills. Couple of years working down there, maybe not that long. He might get a might get the nod soon, but mm. 
that team's playing very well and they're very watchable and I feel like I'll, I'll be there on Saturday. Yeah, the stage is set for game of the round this uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, Box Hill hosting Williamstown at City Oval, 2.05pm. That's third taking on sixth and it's the opportunity for the Hawks to really entrench themselves Yeah, but what worries me is who's not going to be playing because mm. <laughs> if, if you've got Porter and Marrick and Stanley... All with contracts. Yeah, it, well, might, it might be a new look uh, Box Hill Hawks <laughs> by the time we get there. We had a question coming off the back of Finn McGuinness's performance from Glynn at Hawk Talk Pod. I'm worried for Finn McGuinness's position in the side. His disposal, even at Box Hill, is average at best. I just don't see a spot for him going forward. What are your thoughts? Ah, uh, yeah, it's a concern. He's um, back on the fringe this year. I certainly didn't start the year thinking that, but that's... How it's played out. Well, he's lost the confidence of the coach. I think that's what it is. Mm. Basically, Sammy was even prepared to get games into him at halfback, where he's not even well-suited. Sammy's decided he's not going to play a tagger. It's not part of what he wants to do in the future, especially if the tagger's not going to be able to influence the the game himself. But, you know, 33 touches, that is definitely heading in the right direction. Three Mm -hmm. inside 50s, one was... Pretty awful, but you know, three rebound fifties as well. Yeah. So well, he's th- he's making he's making the ground. He's using his strengths, and um, thirty three touches is influence. Yeah, basically, and that's what we're looking for from Finn. He's running the games out, not, and it's not just about negating; it's about it's, influencing. He's going to have to find an opportunity because it's he's not clearly best twenty two. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, staying with Box Hill just for a sec, because there was another guy that is in mid-season draft calculations, uh, mm. Clay Tucker, who uh, seemed all right to me. Yeah. What do you like about Clay? Malleable? It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> very good. <laughs> he can take the heat. He can take the heat. Stands up under pressure. <laughs> We need to stop. <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's mobile. He's a quality ruckman. He could be a forward target for us as well. I think with Lynch being on the long-term injury list, he seems like a natural fit for us to pick mm-hmm. him up if he's available. Uh, the age was reporting... He won't, take, he won't go early, though, so if they want him, they well, can have him. Well, the age is reporting that North, when they do nah. open up their second... Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll overlook him. So could it be Tucker? Could it be Stanley? Could it be Brandon Ryan? The forward from the uh, Northern Bull Ants, who doesn't look too bad. Could it be Will Elliott? You know, he's a, a, another tall timber prospect who we could take with our second pick, maybe. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, mid-season draft, Wednesday, 7pm. I'll be tuning in for that. You've got a few more names than that. Well, Box Hill Hawks in the mix. There's plenty of them. Beasley, Brown, Max Hall, who I really like. He's a good shot, I would say. Uh, Cal Porter, Jed Rule, who's been flying under the radar since that round. He's, they're not going to pick him. No. Imagine if they did. No. If Box, if, if Hawthorne picked up... They'd Jed... have to change the rules again. <laughs> but, It'd be like the Jed Rule rule. <laughs> the whole time, ever since round one, we've been saying they're deliberately keeping him on the down low. Yeah. If he got taken, that would completely vindicate us, wouldn't it? Do we just hang up the mics at that point? Because we're just Nostradamus <laughs> levels of... <laughs> uh, Jalen Thorpe in the mix as well. Not a great time for, for Jalen to to miss. I mean, if he was looking to make one final impression before the mid-season draft. Anyway, Joel Trudgeon, Tristan Wack, and Kai Windsor. I haven't seen enough of Wack, though. No. No, he's a very slim chance. He won't be taken by Hawthorne, at least. So uh, it seems like two spots. 
it all hinges on West Coast, really, what they do. Do they go with Marrick uh, and ignore the go-home factor, or do they go with Buller? There's a couple of other names I've been linked to. They're on the tip of my tongue, but I don't have them right now. But, yeah, I look forward to seeing what they do, because that'll, that'll tell us what we're about to pick immediately. And what's this question from Devil's Advocate? Can we put Chad Wingard on the long-term injury list? No. <laughs> I feel bad for Chad. I don't want to go him again. He gets brought up even when he doesn't play. Yeah. He's that kind of character. <laughs> so Chad's got... I think he's, he's... He's available. Yeah, that's all he's going for. He's available this week. Uh, Box Hill or Hawthorne? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brocky didn't set the world on fire. No. No, but he's also the future. Which is something which uh, Chad can't hold claim to at this point. Yeah. What did you think of McDonald when he came on? I mean, he set the bar very high the previous week. Oh, yes, but... Oh, I I like McDonald. Came on, kicked a goal. Yeah, I'm a big McDonald fan. I told you, he cannot be the elite sub. This is something you don't Mm -hmm. want to be. Mm -hmm. But he's becoming that. Since we're talking about it, selection-wise, Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval, Saturday, 1.45pm. What do we know? Well, Sicily's out. Suspension one week, accepted by the club. Presume Mitchell will be out. Yep, Seamus Mitchell to miss. Uh, anyone else we're unsure of at this stage? Bruce. Yep, <laughs> Bruce could be managed. Yep. Uh, in terms of the injury list, Giath and Jekka are still a week away. Morris and Wingard are available. Ward, maybe? It's uh, TBC, but possibly available. Right. So we've got a question here from Flat Track Paulie. Ned Long, Scrimshaw, McGuinness, all working hard at Box Hill, but is there a place for them? And Derek adds, how do we get Long and Ward into the side? Neil wonders, how does Josh Ward get back into this team and who gets a shot with Sicily missing this week? All very <laughs> pertinent questions here. Thank you for just lining them up there. Well, um, they're all kind of related, so I thought it'd so be good. So I think Scrimshaw comes in for Sicily, done. Ned Long, can we bring him in for Mitchell? What are you shuffling around at that point? Are you putting Ned Long at half back, are you? You probably no, you'd be putting Bramble further back. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that could work. Josh Morris will return to to Box Hill now that he's available. Josh Ward will come back through the reserves, I'd say. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not to put too much of a load on him. Uh so yeah, I I think the inclusions are, are pretty cut and dry, really. Now, are you confident? Port Adelaide, we've done them before. They're not that good. They're always the pretenders. They're due the loss, as you say. Yeah, look, I, I don't hold the same pessimism as I have in previous weeks. I, I approach this game thinking, okay, let's see what we've got. I don't know if we're going to get blown out of the water or anything like that, even though Port Adelaide are travelling along very well. I just I look to see what we can bring against a contender. Anyway, we had a question here from Andrew. No place for DJB in our side without injuries. Balance now clearly looks right. Surely he doesn't want to hang around for injuries. There's clearly potential for trade. Either as a play for pick one, or simply a decent pick like 19 from the Eagles, which with the Dogs second could get us the Suns first. Jeez, Andrew's done a bit of homework here. D- what was that? DGB, Brockman and Wingard to the West Coast Eagles oh, pick one? Is that it. what he said? Stop it. Well, you come up with a better try to get pick one out of them. Well, I just don't think it's going to happen. And if it's going to happen, it probably won't be with us. How, how long's Frost's contract? Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to look that up once we it's quite, get off the mics. It's quite long, but... I think it's to the end of 2025. Yeah. So, look, DGB yeah. is still a very young man. If they, you're not going to get your money's worth out of that pick until he starts producing. If you're trading him, you yeah. got to you got to at least oh, build I him see. up before he leaves. Yeah. I, I right? see what you mean. Yeah. Otherwise, he could be anything still. Yeah. Okay. So, I wouldn't give up on DGB yet. But at the moment, he just doesn't have a spot. And 
the Backmen have only produced for two weeks. Mm-hmm. They haven't been all that great. Um, the change in the structure of the back line has done wonders for Sicily. He won't be there on the weekend. It's going to be fascinating to see who stands up. Mm. I would rather they included DGB and gave him Sicily's role than okay. saw that Scrimshaw can do what he did in, in Sicily's absence with yeah, the okay. ACL. I see the argument for that. Yeah, I don't mind that. It's more productive long-term to see to see what DGB can do with that opportunity. Yeah. Yep, okay. Be interesting. Yeah, I'm open to that. It's an experiment. Not, not a McAvoy experiment, but it's... <laughs> It's a question from Tej. How will mids like Connor McDonald, Josh Ward, and Cam McKenzie get mid-time and set and bounce attendances when the likes of Newcomb, Day, Nash, and Warple are so dominant through there? Uh, well, that has to be a conscious decision by the club because obviously they need to find, um, even if it's just you know looking forward finals, you're not always going to have these guys available. Mm-hmm. You need to find matchups that work. You know the, the the synergy between different guys. Yeah. If you have a moment in the match where you definitely need to score, who's your Burgoyne that you're going to stick exactly, into the centre? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you definitely don't want them to score, who's the Liam Shields you're chucking in there? Yeah. That kind of stuff. This is about finding your your NBA Jam esque combinations and working working out who's your Plan A. It's those guys that uh, Teach just mentioned. But then you got to you got to have a Plan B, Plan C. All different sorts of combinations, and you got to you got to spend some time in these developmental years finding those combinations. And and you know, guys like Newcomb Day, Nash, and Warple, they're not going to spend one hundred percent of the time out there. They're going to have to have a bit of a rest. So then you rotate guys through, and you you make it a project from week to week. You're seeing how long they played each of them, aren't you? No, I'm looking at Nash because I saw that he he played eighty. Okay, that's eighty percent of the time. That's a fair whack. Yeah, but you know, for a for a midfield, that's a. Uh, I would have thought he'd do more than that. Um, Cam McKenzie got a couple of hits, didn't he, on the weekend? He did one right in the first quarter, I think. He bounced oh, they, straight back they up. Really, um, but they really sort of angled to him. Yep. And he didn't get a touch in that last quarter with uh, some of the hits he's had. No, they they're spreading it pretty well. But Amon just gave us that touch of class on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about the win again, Nick? <laughs> what revel in say? that and how enjoyable it was to see Ross totally frustrated and do that sort of mm-hmm. shoulder shruggy thing where he can't quite work out what he needs to be doing. <laughs> Cast your eye on our playing group. Is there anyone else that, you know, maybe we didn't put up in lights for their contribution? Because I know there's a fair few players that we haven't mentioned at all, but... Well, I thought Will Day was extraordinarily... Um, creative coming out the front of the pack all day. I thought Lloyd Meek did a very good job in combination mm-hmm. um, with Reeves, uh, just nullifying Marshall. I thought Butler certainly got his goal that he needed. Brocky got his goal. Mm-hmm. Sam Frost. You could mount the argument that it was a fairly even performance, but for one shining light which is obviously Sicily blowing everyone off the park with what he can do that third quarter only four touches he was know? disappointed in himself <laughs> I <in> know it's <laughs> very funny isn't he was... isn't he um, sort of mellowing into his personality though yeah yeah it's good to see it, it, you're sort of seeing the what, the shell come off him it's coming out of his shell I think is the yeah but he's had sort of this hard persona sort of yeah. the scales are coming off a bit <laughs> <laughs> we're existing exclusively in the uh 
Animal Kingdom for our metaphors <laughs> this episode. Know. I don't know, but you see what I'm saying. He's, yeah. he's started, maybe he's just relaxing with the media now. But I think so. That kind yeah. of performance, that's elite level, look at me, I'm definitely all Australian kind of stuff. He's had a good year, Sicily. Yeah, not as good as last year. No, not as good as last year, but he's been very, very important to this lineup, as a captain should be. Yeah. Anyway, mate, uh, we better wrap up. But before we do, we'll get to the social media stuff. Uh, It's really awesome whenever we have a a rave review on Apple Podcasts. And we've had a couple more from some very kind listeners here. This first one from Mick Down Under. Daring Do, a cliche from another era. Five stars. I I used that last week and I got a little bit of an eyebrow raise from you at the time. I, I quite like it. I like Daring Do. Do they say it in Life of Brian? Yeah, they do. They yeah, do. That's yeah. that's probably why I like it. <laughs> anyway, uh, this this other one from Clock underscore 17. Brilliant podcast. A perfect mix of humor and genuine discussion. Another five stars there. Five stars each from, uh, from those two. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Now, if you enjoy the show and want to help put us on the map for other Hawks fans, uh, do take a second to leave a rating or a review, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, meanwhile, it's a very special thing indeed to see our Hawthorne community buzzing across all of our social media channels after a win. Come in and join the fun. Jump on board with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, as always, a massive thanks to our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. We've been doing this for about seven years, mate. And uh, I want to share with the listeners that on a personal note, I've been studying that entire time and trying to balance that with work and, and life and obviously doing the show here and it's been one big odyssey and there's definitely been times where I've really only been able to juggle everything because of people showing support for this show. Um, So believe it when we say that we're incredibly thankful for everyone that's on board with us. Yeah, thanks to everyone who supports our show. Now, did you manage to convert your girlfriend over to a Talk talk Pod (laughs) subscriber after that? Uh, She's a Saints supporter. You had it all over the socials. I'm taking my Saints girlfriend. She's never seen a victory. I mean, a, a premiership. Uh, I, I say this a lot, uh, and it happened again. It occurred to me while we're there, we're in standing room, and I saw some um, the, the Marvel Stadium staff were very helpful in, in guiding some elderly patrons to their seats, some elderly Saints fans. And this, every time I no, see an elderly Saints fan, it's oh, like no. that is a shocking life. <laughs> that is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like we're so privileged as Hawthorne fans, aren't we? Yeah, I yeah. mean that's you think that's too harsh. It, it's pretty harsh. <laughs> it's like, come on. But I, I do that with Melbourne supporters because <laughs> see just as bad. I know they weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. No, my, my girlfriend's St Kilda supporter and still together. Yeah, still together. No, yeah. she was a bit flat afterwards, but. Quickly recovered and was very happy for, for a Hawthorne win for me. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Yeah. No, she was. Yeah. She, genuine, she comes with me to games other times. That nothing to do with St Kilda. It's all about my Hawks. And yeah, no, it's, it's good fun. Anyway, point is, as we wrap up the social media stuff, for any of our listeners who haven't subscribed and you're keen to support the podcast, head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for all the details. And uh, we're pleased to announce that right after the mid-season draft this Wednesday... Exclusive to Elon, we will be on Spaces with Twitter. I was getting there. Thanks for for jumping in, though, (laughs) just in case I didn't have that. Well, I just want to send the Elon alert off because I reckon he has a notification whenever he's mentioned... (laughs) Are we trying to get in his good graces just to make sure we this space can go ahead? Neuralink, look it up. <laughs> I don't even want to know. 8pm <laughs> Wednesday. We're going to come on right after the mid-season draft to talk about our picks and just generally talk a few things Hawthorne, just have fun and hang out. Now, we haven't got onto the VFLW yet, but they're third on the ladder. Another victory on the weekend. Yep, against North. 
Gotta love that. On North's home deck, even better. <laughs> Ran out victors by 22 points. And the AFLW, they've started their um, pre-season training. Yeah, already. Because I think the season was announced to start in September, I think. Yeah. It's a, it's a long run-up. Yeah, well, you know, you got to be fit, mate. You got to, yeah, you got to work for it. Uh, Hawks CWFL team won by a point, while our VWFL team destroyed Essendon with Yassin Hill uh, the previous week slotting. I think it was eight goals. No, I think it was nine actually. Yeah, to, nine. To and now seal fifteen. That. Yeah, now fifteen, which is Dunstall areas, if you don't mind. So, not too bad at all. That's uh, five from five this week. That's five brown and gold wins. Wow. So we did four the previous Club's week. Club's doing all right. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, we're traveling along quite well. Uh, just a couple of questions to wrap things up. This one from Tim. What are your thoughts on Hawthorne having one night game in all of 2023 and none in Melbourne? Look, it's a little bit cold this time of year, Tim. Uh, it doesn't really worry me all that much. Well, I wonder if the club requested it. I wonder what that's about. That seems a bit unusual. Nah, it's just prime time viewing and we're not it. Well, we're going to change that by the looks of it. Oh, did you see the change in the crowd numbers for the Richmond match? Oh, oh no. What was the attendance? Like 30. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The bandwagon broke. And this final one from Couch Specimen. Uh, <laughs> going to move on from that. Uh, what's the realistic expectation over the next two weeks before the bye when playing teams currently second and third on the ladder? It's a question we've discussed in this episode, mate. But how are we feeling about the club and what's ahead of us for the next fortnight before the bye? Well, we're just looking for a competitive performance here. Brisbane had a... It was a really good game to watch against Adelaide on the weekend. Did you pick Adelaide? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, same. Yeah, well, mm. I mean, Brisbane are found wanting against, you know, really good attacking sides. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, we just need a competitive performance and see that we match up. I, Considering the outs for this week and, and the form line of those outs, I don't feel... We're much of a threat to Port Adelaide, but, you know, Brisbane, they don't play well at the G. Anything can happen there, but they're still a very good team. And as we hit the bye, you'd have to say that Hawthorne have shown that they're putting the their own faith in the youngsters and they're getting just rewards now. We're starting to see good ball movement. We're starting to see individuals maximising or looking to maximise their output in future i'd say there's no question that hawthorne is tracking very nicely indeed you know for a team that's towards the bottom of the ladder um inspiring a lot of optimism in me and you and hawthorne fans in general and that's exactly where you want to be in what's fundamentally a developmental year heading towards the buy we haven't even reached the buy yet and we're able to pluck all sorts of positives from this year and off field there's uh, still some renewal going on as as well as other things that are fading into the background yeah, that's actually one news item we didn't bring up. Uh, Justin Reeves. Yeah. Thoughts? Can we keep Ned? <laughs> it's the extent of my concern as well, <laughs> to be honest. I mean... Uh, if I met him in the street, I'd offer to buy him a coffee. <laughs> no, that's, that's where he does his best work. Yeah, <laughs> just so I could find out some things. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I was about to say, we won't linger on it too long because we need to wrap up, but it does feel no, let like... let it linger. Let it linger. It feels like he presided over one of the leakiest eras our clubs faced. Yeah. I mean, it was just getting ridiculous, wasn't it? was a rocky it? time. Yeah. But I think he was sort of picked to get that done. Yeah. And uh, now he moves on. It's uh, it's very hard. 
that period of of renewal, getting rid of Clarkson and, and getting Sammy in. But it looks like Sammy will be the like. Didn't uh, Kane Corns call him a genius? Yes, yep, he he does lean on that. But I would too if I had him on weekly as a guest on the <laughs> Friday mornings. I don't know if I'd go too hard in fracturing that relationship. Incredible. Yeah. So not not that incredible. Well, just yeah. being smart, really. Hyperbole, yeah. Well, yeah, well, absolutely. No, but he is fantastic, Sammy, and uh, you know I, I'm glad that we made that move. There was all sorts of uh, tumultuous times that came with it, but I'm happy that Sammy's our senior coach. I, I really like what I'm seeing. And I'm starting to enjoy the footy. A couple of wins will do that, mate. A couple back-to-back. To back. Yeah, but I'm starting to enjoy the ball movement again. Yes, now yeah, it's, the, now it's there, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's your mate, Mitch Lewis. It's really helped the ball movement. I'd more readily attribute that to your mate, Connor Nash, surely. No, no, they don't have to... You know, they can move quicker. That's okay, I, mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, there's a little more confidence in what's up ahead of yeah, me. Anyway, we'll be back to recap all the action uh, from the Port Adelaide Clash... Uh, next week all the positives all the negatives will be back as always and uh, make sure you catch us on Twitter Spaces Wednesday 8pm after the mid-season draft we are a happy team at Hawthorne